Hello, and welcome to this week's My News Wrap, news from the world of SAP, Microsoft, and the world in between. This week, of course, was the SAP TechEd week, so I will have some points around TechEd um, within this session. So uh, before I start with that, I would like to jump to some points that um, have been published this week without any connection to SAP TechEd. First thing, a new edition of Close the Gap, uh, the Open SAP podcast about um, the schnelle Digitalisierung mit SAP Business Technology Platform, so how to uh, make digitalization reality with SAP Business Technology Platform. Uh, I think a very interesting episode because there is a guest in there, um, Carsten Kötter, who is consulting director at CBS, an SAP partner. And CBS is really heavily uh, using SAP Business Technology Platform at their customers, so they have a lot of experience there. So I think that's why it's really extremely valuable to listen to that uh, podcast episode. Then um, one blog post around how to leverage the capabilities of, of Kima and, and Kubernetes, combining that with um, conversational AI and leveraging a chatbot that is learning from um, Stack Overflow Q&As. So that's uh, a really interesting scenario, very nice combination of different bits and pieces um, which is which is drawn out there. So um, really, really cool stuff, really interesting to read. Then another news around Kima, this time more from the, let's say, commercial side. The partners now can access um, the, the Kima runtime via the pay-as-you-go model, which means that uh, you can also use that for your test, demo, and development, uh, which is a special licensing type. And this will, at least from, from an entry barrier perspective, um, I think cut your costs into half, if I'm not completely mistaken, but it, it really uh, lowers the barrier a lot. So um, that's good news for partners, from my perspective, good news for the for the adoption that, that might take place then. With that, um, I'm through with the news that have not direct relation to SAP TechEd. So let's switch to SAP TechEd. Let's first start with the well general announcement. So there have been two uh, keynotes. I have referenced them both. First one was the um, executive keynote, and there was also a developer keynote. I have both of them referenced within my show notes um, that you have on GitHub. So what 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 were the announcements within Tacket within the one one hour session of the executive keynote? Well, basically there have been. Um, I would say four announcements. First one is free tier for uh, business technology platform is now available, which was announced, I think, one year ago. Um, then you have now embedded Steampunk for SAP S4HANA Cloud, which is a new extension option that you can use, which um, brings together the, the let's say, side-by-side -side extension feeling into the... the um, S4 stack, which is quite quite nice because this way you can also implement more complex um, scenarios um, without having to move really out. This is now currently available only for cloud. As far as I followed the FAQs, it will also be available for um, on-prem at a later point in time. Then there was um, another big announcement around low-code, no-code. Um, of course, AppGyver was on stage. Um, there was the announcement that um, Business Application Studio will 
will support the low code area. And there is one new, I would say, bundle around process automation, which, which combines workflow and uh, robotic process automation and all those things. There was no mentioning of Signavio, which surprised me a bit in that area, but yeah, that's what it was. And um, there was also one further announcement that was, I think, also now uh, brought out in iteration. So there is now free learning content available, um, which uh, helps you to prepare for certifications uh, within the SAP area. So I have referenced all those things um, Within my show notes, so I have the uh, SAP Tagit News Guide, which um, comprises all the the announcements or, or the, the stuff that was kind of announced during during Tagit. Um, yeah, a lot of, of tiny bits and pieces, of course, low code, no code, um, some some things about uh, data warehousing and analytics, uh, embedded steampunk, uh, a lot of stuff about learning and a bit of embedded AI. Um, I also referenced a blog post um, on how you get how to get started with the uh, free tier model um, on BTP and and how to to uh, use the the SAP Discovery Center in order to get your things going. And then I also referenced the learning journeys. So as you will see, there is not so the number of learning journeys is to some extent limited, but uh, at least it's a it's a start point, um, giving you some. Yeah, kickstart when you want to build new skills and, and that should be um, made broader and broader over time. Now there was also the um, developer keynote on the second day in the evening, um, bringing together all the, the developer advocates in a very funny setup from my perspective. Um, was uh, nice to watch, uh, highlighting a lot of different bits and pieces around the technology that's available within the SAP ecosystem. Now with that, um, that was already it from the announcement side. And I also want to highlight one tweet that, that crossed my Twitter timeline by um, Christian Brockmuller, who highlighted some questions during the um, executive session, during the executive keynote. Um, which clearly shows, or if, if I cite that it feels like customers with a mainly on-premise footprint are now left out of SAP strategy when it comes to innovation. Um, and uh, also one about uh, TCO reduction when you, you move to the cloud. So uh, a lot of questions unanswered. So from my very personal point of view, having watched the, the keynotes concerning the executive keynote, I was really heavily disappointed from the keynote. We, we are talking about SAP TechEd, so that's that's the, the developer event for um, from SAP. So um, the persona developer should be in the center of the of the stage. So um, that that was definitely not the case. So no no really cool announcements, no no big news, um, nothing that that makes you um, really curious to test it out. Nothing that that that, that and sparks some fire in you in order to to get your hands dirty with SAP technology that was not the case at all. So um, free tier, yeah, okay, that was announced a year ago. Uh, it's important to have that, um, but that's nothing that I've, that you can really be super proud of and from my perspective, um, because that's industry standard, same goes for learning. Um, one, one word about free tier, if you tried it out, um, 
especially if you try it out within a company, please be aware of that the free tier also has the, the let's say, same restrictions with, with respect to service availability. Um, so not every service is available within every region, so with the free tier. And also take a closer look within the discovery center, within the blog post that I've referenced. Um, when you try out services, because there might be some, um, some further restrictions, um, for example, I think the integration suite is only available for a 90-day trial, or something, a 90-day free tier. Uh, uh, to say to, to say correctly, um, if I read that that description, so so be aware of, of some bits and pieces that that might not be perfectly resonating with your expectations of the free tier. Maybe you have to. I just recommend to check that out. Um, so, from my perspective, SAP Tech Keynote, no really big news. Um, as this this uh, question that the Christian also highlighted shows customers do not really feel picked up. Um, there have also been some other points that, that I personally absolutely dislike during the keynote. There was some, some TikTok, TikTok-like uh, video presented um, that, that can be cool. Microsoft, like, like Scott Hedlund from Microsoft, shows how you can do that in a very authentic way, but that was just um, sales fluff from my perspective. So not really really interesting for, for developers. And then also one point that, that stuck my mind. So um, during the keynote, there was, of course, the, the introduction and there was the mentioning of sustainability. That's, that's super important for, for um, SAP. And then at a later point, uh, Porsche was presented as a customer on stage. And may, maybe my, my brain is too limited to, to wrap around that. But um, Porsche and sustainability do not perfectly go hand in hand from my perspective. Um, so that's, as I said, my personal opinion. Watch the keynote. Build your own opinion um, on, on that one. Um, however, I think there is quite some feedback that, that should be taken serious, especially, for example, from the questions there. Then the developer keynote, that was really interesting. Um, that was from the from the segue parts, kind of, connecting the bits and pieces. Uh, super funny, super funny setup from my perspective. Um, I would have liked to have a, a much more red line going through the the whole keynote so there was all the bits and pieces of technology that has been presented that are quite interesting but there was no real end-to-end -end story how they connect to each other so i i think that that there was a good start i think that one could make more out of that now being quite grumpy around keynote and so on um but that's how it is I also want to give you some recommendations because I think there have been some really cool sessions there. Um, I have not seen all of them, um, but I would like to highlight the one that I think are really worth watching. First one is exploring the unified runtime strategy of SAP Business Technology Platform by uh, Jan Schaffner. This is something, if you're working with Business Technology Platform, if you plan to work with Business Technology Platform, please, please, please make sure that you watch this um, session. It's, it's really a, a very good session and really shows you where SAP wants to go. Then um, <clears throat> there is also one session about uh, Kima, of course. Um, I have to highlight that as a Kima fan. Um, how to manage your Kubernetes-based extensions on SAP Business Technology Platform um, by, by Marco Dornan. There is also a, a customer in there from Döhler who uh, brings in this customer perspective. So that's also something that you really um, should watch if you um, are interested within the Kima area. And if you want to make your hands dirty, 
There is also a great session, um, a walkthrough, how to build extensions with um, SAP BTP Schema runtime. That's really an, an, a cool, super cool end-to-end -end, uh, description on, on how to do things, combining a lot of different services. Everything should work on, um, on the trial as well as on the free tier. As I said, free tier be, be a bit... Um, um, uh, take into into account uh, on which region you you have running your uh, your system, so that there might be some some bits that might not work out perfectly. And the the walkthrough that was presented within the session that you can watch, there is also a GitHub repo backing that up, so you can really try all those things out step by step um, with with different exercises. Um, starting from how to get started, how to set up everything, how to provision all the services, and then really um, from, from XSUA to SAP CICD, uh, deploying uh, UI5, uh, deploying a CAP database, and so on. Everything's in there, so it's a really comprehensive um, bit. So that's really, from my perspective, something worth to try out. With that, um, let's switch to the Microsoft part of the house and leave the pure SAP side behind. Um, of course, let's start with serverless. First blog post I would like to highlight is about AWS. What? AWS? Um, yeah, there is a blog post by an AWS hero um, about tips how to prevent a serverless wreck. And although the blog post, of course, focuses on the AWS services when it comes to how to, to solve some, um, some problems that you might have. Um, the, the general guidance that is given there, the tips and the um, basics around the tips, they apply to every um, serverless cloud offering. That's why I think it's really interesting to read that one. Then um, two new releases around the um, providers for storage for the durable functions extensions or the durable task extension uh, that came out this week. Maybe there is a little bit of a challenge between them. I don't know. Um, so first one was a netherite with a new preview. It's the 0.6.0 alpha release that's that's now out. Um, it's a pre-release. There have been some performance improvements. There have been some bug fixing um, and some, some updates to the, the performance tests that are also delivered within the repository. So if you're using Netherite, maybe it's worth to, to update because some bugs have gone. And then there is also a new release of the other new storage provider for durable tasks, namely MSSQL, that was um, published this week, um, which is now 0.11.0 beta version, um, which also comes with um, some, some bug fixing, some improvements. Um, what's quite nice is the automatic creation of, of database uh, if not present when, when you deploy it. And what I really like is that uh, Chris Gillum, who um, published that one, uses the new functionality of GitHub to highlight the uh, contributors within the, um, within the repository. So that's cool. Then to a different area of, of serverless that I have not spoken too much in the last month, I think. And that's logic apps. And there is new functionality that came out around uh, automated testing. So you can now um, run your, your uh, tests for workflows locally within the ICD pipelines within logic app standards. 
There is also a GitHub repository available within the blog post that I've referenced um, that gives you some, some uh, um, yeah, sample how to get started with that. I think that's really cool. That's really a great feature um, available there. Then um, last bit of, of serverless, of purely serverless, um, of course, static web apps. There are two, um, two blog posts that I would like to bring to your attention. The first one is about scaffolding static web apps. Um, one employee of Microsoft brought out a new CLI. It's not an official CLI. It's something that, that he created, that he supports, um, that helps you with scaffolding those um, static web apps with basically one command telling you, uh, telling the, the um, system which, which type of um, templating you want to use. And that gets you started there. I think quite useful. As I said, currently not part of the official um, CLI. Maybe it will become part, maybe not. And then another blog post that might help you when you start with Azure Static Web Apps um, on how to debug Azure Static Web Apps with Visual Studio Code, making use of the, the new CLI um, 0.8.0, and uh, guides you through how you can debug the front end, how you can debug the, the functions API. So if you get started with that, uh, I think that's really super helpful. With that, let's switch to the area of containers. Uh, there is a new external scaler available for Keda, who now leverages uh, Cosmos DB. So you can now use Cosmos DB as a trigger for uh, Keda, uh, Keda scaling. That's, I think, really cool. Uh, came out this week, uh, new, brand new, so to say. And I think really, really something to take a look at if you if you work with uh, Cosmos DB in conjunction with Keda. And then one um, blog post that I think is super interesting, um, and that's about um, bringing together containers and serverless, so Azure Container Apps, and bringing that together with, with Azure Pipeline pools. So leveraging Azure Container Apps as scalable containers within Azure Pipeline pools, um, also making use of Keda as a scaler. So bringing together a lot of different bits and pieces that I, I personally never thought about that, basically because I'm not using Azure Pipelines quite a lot. Um, but, but that's a really super nice uh, scenario um, around that stuff and really guides you through all the um, different pieces that you have to set up and, and how to do things. And there is also um, the, the full code sample available on GitHub. That's really uh, quite nice. And perfect segue to the next section, namely um, DevOps. So first of all, there is a new state of the Octopus report um, that came out this week for 2021. So um, that's basically the report of um, GitHub on all things around the GitHub ecosystem, um, bringing together the data that they gathered based on the telemetry of the, um, of the repositories of how GitHub is used and also surveys um, that have been answered by around 12,000 developers worldwide. And with this kind of um, deriving what's the state within the GitHub universe. So what, what happened in 2021? What changed? Um, where are things heading to? So really interesting. Then another blog post more from a, from a generic perspective on how um, how to help GitHub's developers with uh, content moderation. 
which is really important, especially if you have uh, open source um, projects running with, with contributors and how you do the content moderation there. Um, highlighting, giving you some, some tips and um, highlighting some, some policies that you can use, uh, that you can highlight, and also having a call to action on how to contribute to the policy proposals um, about platform responsibility on, on GitHub. So um, again, something very important, I think, for open source developers and really helpful there. Then um, from the, the DevOps world, one video, one short video from the DevOps lab series about GitOps. I think also quite interesting. It's, it's just 10 minutes about what is GitOps, why do you need it, and how do you implement it with some references within the uh, YouTube notes uh, that you can then dive deeper into. Then some new features from the GitHub area. Um, as, as every week, uh, GitHub's pushing out new features. Um, first one I really like is the uh, preview of the markdown rendering of GISTs. So you have now um, this preview rendering available also for GISTs. That's really um, quite useful. And then again, more for the, the open source projects from my perspective that use sponsorship or that, that get sponsorship. There is now um, the possibility to add custom parameters to your sponsorship URL and to also extract that um, with the transactions metadata that, that uh, is accompanied with that, giving you deeper insight on, on um, the mechanics around your the, the sponsorship of your product. And then one important um, note around deprecation. Um, if you're using the... Um, the non-audit related fetch endpoints for the advisory information for NPM, so from the npmjs.com registry, then be aware that this will be deprecated on February the 16th of 2022. So if you use that somewhere within your, your security check setup or within your CD, CI-CD pipelines, please make sure that you get rid of them <clears throat> and switch over to the official um, security advisory GraphQL endpoint that is available from GitHub. Um, that's something that I have mentioned, I think, several weeks ago that there are quite some strange changes with respect to those endpoints. And that's, again, one important one um, if you are using that. Then um, another nice video uh, that, that crossed my path is about how to connect your GitHub Actions to Azure making use of OpenID Connect. Because that's something that is, I think, not that unusual but something that um, you would like to have some guidance um, how to do that in order not to fall into every trap that's available there. Um, yeah, video is referenced in the show notes. Then some somewhat generic information around um, Microsoft One um, Azure Friday uh, session that uh, came out last week. Um, Really interesting. Um, it's about looking at Azure, how it was yesterday, how it is today, and where it will head. So again, if you're working on Azure, I think quite interesting session on, on getting some wrap-up about the history and seeing where things head to. And then another thing that um, is kind of interesting, especially from my perspective, again, for extending SAP and Microsoft, but it's uh, purely Microsoft functionality, and there is the Teams JS SDK version 2 now in public preview that allows you to extend Teams apps across Microsoft 365. So you can now uh, extend your, your Teams uh, um, tabs 
to, to Outlook and to office.com. Um, also, um, including messages within Outlook. So that's really um, a nice thing. And I think that that might be really super helpful if you build extensions. Um, it's it's in preview, so it's not, not fully fully featured yet what, what the plans are um, or what the plans guide to. But I think that's really cool to already try that out and bring that together with um, Teams and Outlook. As I said, especially when you think about how to combine SAP and Microsoft, which is perfect segue to the next section, um, SAP and Microsoft. Let's look at the world in between. As every Saturday, of course, another session of the SAP on Azure video podcast. This time, again, a bit more about um, infrastructure on how to set up complex networking solutions, how to design them, how to set them up when you are working with really big SAP systems, big SAP landscapes, and want to deploy them on, on Azure. Quite um, interesting stuff, as usual. Not perfect for me, as I'm not the infrastructure guy, but um, definitely worth highlighting. Then, another blog post from Martin Pankratz. Um, now, uh, the, the sixth edition of his blog post series, Abound, about SAP BTP Private Link, um, driving the story further forward, uh, this time with securing um, your endpoints that you expose from your SAP system, and as the headline says, keeping auditors happy with your setup of the Private Link service. As usual, and I'm not getting tired to mention that, great blog post by, by Martin, driving you through all the different bits and pieces and, and giving you some highlights um, what's important, where to look at and, and what to take care about. Um, highly appreciated. And then we go with another blog post um, about extracting SAP data using OData, making use then uh, of the data within Synapse. The first part, um, the first extraction by Bartosz Jakowski. Now you might say, I have heard about the blog post and I think I even read the title already. And you're perfectly right. This is the first part of, I think, a six or seven part blog post series that was already published on SAP, on the SAP community. And that was then, for what reason whatsoever, removed from the SAP community. I'm really happy, thankful to, to Bartosz that um, he um published this stuff again now on the tech community microsoft.com area as a blog post and i hope the the consequent parts will follow soon um because i think that's super valuable input i have no idea why that was removed from the sap community i would assume that because uh, synapse is something that um, is a competitor for for sap nevertheless now, looking at the SAP community, if they have questions on that, they will now head over to the tech community. So it's basically um, SAP community has nothing won due to um, removing that, that blog post, but it would say it has lost some readers due to that um, because customers will use it anyway. So you cannot uh, say, I, I close my eyes and I, if I don't see anybody, nobody else sees me. Um, customers are using Synapse. They maybe want to combine SAP, that with SAP data if they're also SAP customers. So 
reality will show that this is the case. And now they get help at the tech community Microsoft and not at the SAP community, which I think is not that great. Uh, nevertheless, it's great to see that the blog post is now available again, and you can take a look at them because they are really great. Okay, um, again, a little grumpy episode. Uh, let's switch to the events and learning area. First of all, I would like to highlight one meetup that will take place. It's the Azure Rosenheim meetup um, that will take place on the 29th of November in the evening. It's a virtual uh, meeting, of course. Um, and it will cover especially all the news around um, containers, focusing um, especially on, on, on one session on the Azure Container apps. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Then we have um, something that will take place all throughout December that I would like to highlight, and that's the Festive Tech Calendar um, by the communities for the communities. It's about... Um, having sessions each and every day from the 1st of December to the 20 to the 31st of the uh, of December um, on on all different topics around I would say the, the broader Microsoft ecosystem and really every um, every day there are at least four to five sessions that you can watch that you can uh, take a look at at in Twitch stream um, there are blog posts there are pre-recorded videos lightning talks whatsoever and that's that's really impressive what the community brought together there um all the pre-recorded videos will of course be available within uh, the youtube channel if you are interested with uh within that topic of azure uh, on, on functions kubernetes and dapper maybe friday the 17th might be quite an interesting day because there might be a session about that stuff um, and there is also one thing that I uh, would like to highlight is that the Festive Tech calendar team is raising money for Girls Who Code. So you can um, donate uh, the, the references or the, the link is given there on the um, page that I have referenced within my show notes. Then um, <clears throat> with respect to certifications in the Azure area, there are some changes coming up around the Azure Solutions Architect um, certification. So um, there is now a new exam that's in beta state, that's ASET 305, um, which is designing Microsoft Azure infrastructure solutions. Um, you, you have to have um, a current Azure Administrator Associate certification as a prerequisite. And this will, if I interpret everything correctly, replace the ASAT 303 and 304 exams. Um, I'm personally not quite sure if I like that that much because that's focusing a lot more on, on infrastructure than on, on other solution designs on, on Azure, but um, maybe I did not take a too close look on the um, content of the certification. Nevertheless, if you plan to do something, um, take a look at the blog post because this might be interesting for you. And then uh, to the last area of today, developer, um, developer stuff all around how to get more effective, efficient, at some sense. Um, first of all, um, one blog post by Thomas Maurer about Windows Terminal color schemes. So he highlights his personal 
um, <clears throat> preferences around color schemes within the Windows terminal. And he also gives all the code that's relevant for um, making those color schemes um, reality. And last but not least, a short blog post that I would like to highlight on how to get the GitHub verified icon when you do uh, your commits, how you can achieve that very um, decent walkthrough, all those um, topics on, on all, all the different steps that you have to do in order to make that reality. So if you're interested in that, take a look at that. And with that, I'm at the end of today's sometimes maybe a bit grumpy episode. Um, I hope I had, nevertheless, some news for you, some interesting stuff um, that you want to take a deeper look at. With that, I wish you a nice Saturday, a great Sunday, and a successful next week. See you then next Saturday. Until then, 